Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsfield with Robert McCulloch Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsfield. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have with us Marie Richardson, a longtime youth caseworker for Pittsfield Public Schools. And later on in the segment, we'll also have with us Levante Wiggins, Interim Dean of Students at Pittsfield High. But for right now, Marie, let's get started. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I, I was just saying, I said, you look wonderful. I said, retirement, I know it's just been a couple of days, but retirement really looks good on you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. So let's let's get started here. I know for 25 years, you have worked in the Pittsville Public School District, and you recently shared news of your retirement on social media, and there was a huge outpouring of love and support. How did it make you feel to come to the end of this journey? Well, I think when I posted it on Facebook, I had said that it was truly bittersweet. And it it definitely is. It was a tough decision. I can honestly say in the 25 years I've been in Pittsfield schools, I have loved almost every single day of it. And even with the kids will say to me, Miss Rich, how do you deal with working with all these, quote unquote, bad kids? And mm-hmm. I think, well, they're not bad kids, right. but I love, love my job, and I love the kids I work with. And so I'm sad. I'm really sad. It's it's a hard thing to, to close a chapter on a book of something that you love so much. And like you said, you've been able to do this for 25 years. I think my first question is, one, how did you keep it going? Because 25 years is a long time in any field. Absolutely. Um, The funny thing is, I I started back as a uh, family advocate at Morningside Community School. Um, And I was actually contracted in there through um, what's now known as 18 Degrees. It was Berkshire Center for Children and Families when I worked there. And my job was um, working with families, doing outreach, going into the homes, um, working with the kids. I absolutely loved that job. And unfortunately, due to budget cuts, that position um, was cut. And then I went to Conti and kind of did it in both schools. And I kind of believe you can't, if you're spread so thin, things aren't as strong as when you have the time to spend every day of the week in one school. But I, I always said my heart is Morningside really had my heart. That was my start. And so going into the high schools, um, I was hired at Pittsfield High as the peer resource person. I did a lot of conflict resolution. That was my main role. But um, through kind of getting involved in the school, I kind of took on different SAD advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an after school club, which... Uh, the school adjustment counselor and I had two or three days a week. We had young men and women stay after school, and we'd go to the boys' club or the girls' club, and we'd play football and basketball, and then we'd sit down and we'd have some real conversations, you know, mm-hmm. about choices in life and future. And um, we laugh because nowadays to get kids to stay after school, it has to be some kind of motivation, right. like you get credit, you get paid. These kids, which were kids that didn't necessarily love school and that was a funny thing but they would stay after school two or three hours and we'd all hang out and we would be a part of their group as well um so it was a great way to kind of build strong relationships with kids that maybe you wouldn't have the opportunity to do during a normal school day well going back a little bit because obviously it seems that you have been able to do so much throughout your career but 
in terms of getting started in the field of education, what was that um, that factor that said to you that I, I really want to get into education, I want to help kids, I want to help families? Well, actually starting as a family advocate and working with families and seeing their struggle trying to navigate the system systems in a school. You know, in a lot of families that I worked with, maybe weren't successful themselves in school. So to come into team meetings with teachers and administrators and be an active part of the process was really overwhelming. Yeah. So just to kind of team up with the parents, you know, and to go in as a, as, as a support to them and to the kids and to kind of help, help, I, I don't want, help them with their voice, mm-hmm. you know, not, I, I had to sometimes learn to back up because I, sometimes I, I let so much get, I want to help so mm-hmm. much that it's too much. Right. So that was the biggest thing. But that was my love. When I saw that and I saw the connections with the families and the kids and just that I was helping and making a difference, that right. was really the start. We've, <clears throat> excuse me. We've heard that sometimes that, um, especially in this kind of work, it's easy to bring it home with you, right? It's mm-hmm. easy to uh, just think about all the kids, everything that they're going through. How did you create that separation because I can only imagine that if you're doing this hard but meaningful work there are things that stay with you so how did you create that separation I mean you've been doing this for a long time so you've had to build those things in so how how were you able to keep your presence of mind still be stable so that you could be a help to them hmm that's a good question um I tried when I left school at the end of the day to leave school there, mm-hmm. and I'd like to believe that was true, but of course I I think about the kids and kind of what they're going through, and some of them, absolutely what you said, Roberta, they are dealing with so much stuff, and yeah. because I was in the homes and because I had information that maybe teachers didn't have, you know, when a kid came in and was really not himself, you know, it was just... And I, I think I'm going totally off track because I'm not answering what you just asked me. But, but no, I think that's good because I want to get into all of that because I think that's one. That's why people love you so much mm-hmm. because no. you took the time and that you were meaningful and um, they saw that. So mm-hmm. all of your experiences actually will serve to help the next generation of youth caseworkers and support staff Mm -hmm. and all the individuals who are put in place to really help and nurture children. So please continue. I think that was it, like knowing what they're dealing with at home. And to be honest, I mean, families did have my phone number. Students did have my phone number. And I never, ever felt like anyone ever took advantage of it. You know, even today, I'll get just a random text from a student from 10 years ago saying, hey, I just want to let you know I just got a great new job or hey, I just want to let you know I'm going to be a dad or a mom or, um, you know, or hey, I just want to let you know I just lost a baby. You know, it's it's nice that even years later, I'm still connected and I still hear from and Mm -hmm. I and I call them my kids. And (laughs) it's kind of been a joke, but my the students will say that, you know, they're my kids and they they are. They are. I mean, sometimes I think my biological children got a little <laughs> resentful because I was always talking about my kids right. in school, you right. know, and, and I think that's it. And and I, I know I went off track, and I'm sorry. But that actually makes me think about another question. How, the, the experiences, <clears throat> excuse me, the experiences that you've had 
what would you um, advise or um, share with up and coming educators to help them? Because the key here I'm hearing is authenticity. You're mm-hmm. you're authentic because to have someone call you who you've known right for years and they've been out of your life for years mm-hmm. and to call and to say, I have a baby or I got a new job. That means that the connection that was forged wasn't just because of the space at the time, but was because of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think educators today, there is a need that they see to create that bond with their students because I'm sure they see the need. You mm-hmm. saw the need. What would you say to educators today to help them um, forge this bond or at least be on the pathway to help their students in this way? I think it's really tough because I do think teachers are under so much pressure to meet the expectations of, of um, MCAS and testing, and they don't necessarily have the time to build connections like I was able to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was lucky in the old Shoconic, I had a very big office, and my office was a lunchroom for yeah. probably... I don't know, 30 to 50 kids a day. Mm -hmm. I always joked with them and said I didn't have any friends in school, teachers, because I had lunch with the kids every day. But it was wonderful, and I feel like I got to be a part of a world that many adults do not get to be a part of. And to hear and and listen to them and and just be there when they're upset or when they're angry Mm -hmm. or feeling isolated. Um, And I think that was it. I think they knew that unconditionally I cared about them and they could tell me whatever and believe me there wasn't always sunshine and roses right. I mean I dealt with kids who are really angry mm. and you know sometimes you take it out on the people you care about we right. all do right um, but I never gave up I never gave up you know I'd always say today's a new day mm-hmm. we're moving forward and I think it's hard for teachers but I think they need to try right. you know and they they really need to let kids know that they care, you know? You know, there's that expression, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And that goes for big people and little people too. And so I think if we, you know, think about our students coming to school with so much, it's not just what you see, but many times what you don't see. And, um, you know, thank goodness for people like you who have been instrumental in the lives of so many. Um, I just want to uh, read something for you right now because your colleague, Shirley Edgerton, the district's cultural proficiency coach for Pittsville Public Schools, has a great deal of respect and admiration for you. And I just want to share the following statement. Mrs. Marie Richardson, a.k.a. Miss Rich, was known for her unwavering commitment to students. She saw the whole child and invested in their lives. Educators and professionals don't always know what's going on at home with their students. Have they eaten? Are they homeless? Are they being bullied? Miss Rich often knew the answers to these questions, and she created a safe space where all students could thrive. She always showed up and showed that she cared. Her investments paid off. Just ask many of the students. She inspired, mentored, and made a difference in their lives. How does that make you feel? That's so nice and I love Shirley and I've really enjoyed working with her. Mm -hmm. She has taught me a lot and made me sometimes think differently about things and 
I always think sometimes the more you know, the more you don't know. Right. And I think we did the trainings in the district and working with teachers Mm -hmm. and just through communication and and just that moment, that light bulb moment when a teacher listens to something that we presented and it changes the way they think about something, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I always say cultural cultural proficiency it's a journey Mm. none of us are ever going to reach the end of the journey because we're always always learning right um and i think with the work that we did and we had a lot of fun we had a lot of laughs tell me about it well we've we've done we've been to different we kind of went on the road a little bit and jake mccandless sent us to a couple of conferences Mm -hmm. um out of town and we did that and um we we went to almost every school in the district at one time, and it's funny. I just went through my big folder of um, evaluations that teachers did that mm-hmm. sat in the conference, and they loved having the conversation. You know, I get we need to learn about new curriculum and and all the things that we need to make our students better, but mm-hmm. really, they liked having those conversations and being able to look at things differently. What is um, specifically did they say that they liked? Because sometimes these can be hard conversations, difficult conversations, even awkward. So to know that the teachers actually appreciated having them is a great thing. Did they specifically point out areas that they they liked or found beneficial? You know, some of the stories, like Shirley would share some Mm -hmm. of her own personal stories and um, they really got to people. You know, they heard them and they saw her as a professional woman sharing stories that she deals with with her family. Mm-hmm. Going, you know, I always think of the time she told about going into um, TJ Maxx mm-hmm. and um, the cat the being followed around the store after they left church and and just her sharing that story and here she is a professional woman dealing with this and you know I could tie it in when I'd have a student come in to me and say Miss Rich I'm not taking that AP class I'm the only black girl in the whole class I'm Mm -hmm. not going Mm -hmm. you know and how difficult it is to be the only the only whatever you are at that in that situation to be the only how hard it is and I think those conversations were were great and i think we did a lot of different activities where they could get some kind of understanding it was it was a really a powerful Mm -hmm. and the conversations were so rich they were so rich and you're right sometimes they were really hard because we're all afraid we're going to say the wrong word Mm -hmm. or the wrong thing and we're going to offend someone so building up the trust in the audience was was really tough and I'm going to give Shirley credit for that. She because sometimes people would say things that I'd find myself getting really, really angry, and she would just kind of de-escalate the you know. Interesting. So I think we're a good team. A good team. I think we're a good team. Was well, obvious that I mean you guys worked together. Was there work together? Well, I should say um, there was something called a privilege walk. Yes. Tell me a little yes. bit about that. Yes. We did this. Um, I think one of the most we did it twice that it was very, very powerful. One was with the administrative team at um, Pittsfield Schools. So the superintendent and all of the principals, the, all the, the leaders in the district. And it's if you're not familiar with the privilege walk, it's, you know, um, things that we just take for granted, mm-hmm. kind of. And at the end, 
um, you know, our superintendent was at the very front of the line. Mm -hmm. And one of the principals who was a, a, a black woman, a doctor, but because of the life that she had, mm -hmm. she was way in the back of the room. Hmm. So when we start that race that supposedly is an equal starting line, hmm. and you see that someone's way out front and someone's way out back, how is that hmm. fair and how is that equal? And I think to be able to see that right. and look at it, it was powerful. Hmm. And we were able to do it with the city officials at one time, and, and again, that was very, very powerful. Um, we, we did it with students at one time, and, and again, just to be able to see it and feel it and make it real, I think that touched people. Well, I think that actually dovetails right into my next question because I wanted to find, I feel like there's so much synergy between the work of cultural um, competency and also the other work that you're doing, and you just mentioned too, just talking with students who might feel away because they're the only one. And you were, yes, your role was, you know, youth caseworker, but you were also an advisor to the Taconic Book Clubs. You were the social in the, with the Social Justice Club. Obviously, your cultural competency work. And I feel like with all these different avenues, there's like a common thread. So how did did you notice um, that common thread as you were doing the work? And how did it help to inform your perspective as you moved from each group? Yes, there definitely was a common thread. And I do think just everyone's voice is being heard. And when we talk about the book club, and that was probably one of my favorite parts of my my week when we did that um, because again I, I know I'm repeating myself but I it's got to be a part of the world that a middle-aged white woman doesn't get to be a part of mm -hmm. and you know for example we read the book between the world and me mm -hmm. and um, we had we didn't do girls and boys together we did a boys book club and mm -hmm. the boys named themselves the black boys book club okay and they would get on the announcements in the afternoon and say your and name the list of students that were invited to the Black Boys Book Club, and for me to be able to sit in the room and I you know I don't know how many people read the book Between the World and Me, but it's very very powerful. Mm -hmm. And there was a young person that was was shot and killed in the book, and it, the story kind of the kids started sharing about how they feel when they're out and a police car pulls them over, mm -hmm. and um, just like one young man, he just needed to get it out and I just remember him saying and Miss Rich the sweat just pours down into my arms and I do what my mom says I put my hands right on the steering wheel and I don't move and I'm respectful but I'm always afraid mm -hmm. you know and to hear and look him in the eye and see that you know it's it, it was heartbreaking mm -hmm. but it was also powerful you know and to share some of those stories with adults that maybe don't think that that's happening in our schools you right. know I was just going to ask because you it's a it's a it's it's a privileged position to be in those spaces and to be able to hear from these young people. Do you think that you were obviously able to um, have your perspective shaped and informed because you had such close access to them? Do you think do you think from the information that you have learned over the years that maybe your counterparts, these are things that they don't have any awareness of? Um based on what you, you heard firsthand? I think there are many people who don't. I think people mm -hmm. are educating themselves more today. Mm -hmm. But starting, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I don't think that people were aware mm -hmm. of, 
of what it was like. Oh, everyone's getting the same education. Everyone's in the class. But Mm -hmm. it's not true. I mean, if we all think how we feel, if we're the only woman in a room Mm -hmm. or the, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And we don't necessarily address that Hmm. to make the kids feel more comfortable, you know? So would you say that um, the shift that you're seeing today, more people are educating themselves on, um, and there are so many different terms out there right now, so many, I mean, and in the cultural proficiency world, there are the terms like anti-racist and different things mm-hmm. like that. It seems like there's an awakening of education. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I do. Okay. And I do believe that there's more of more of an effort to bring in mm. more literature. I'm, our, mm-hmm. our librarian, and we have a new one now, and unfortunately due to COVID, I didn't get to work with her oh. like I did um, Meredith Cochran, who was there for years, mm-hmm. and she did the book club with me, and she was passionate um, in, the, in making sure that there were books available for all students that represented our entire population. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I'm happy to see that things are changing. It's not just the Dick and Jane books of, you know, the right. elementary school from years past. That things we're we're moving in the right direction. I think we still have a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to to actually acknowledge that because sometimes um, folks, if they are unaware of the things that are happening, if they're unaware that there are book clubs going on and that there are activities within the school that are specifically geared to create awakening and to create bridges of healing and things of that sort. Sometimes it might be easy to say nothing's happening or maybe it's not happening fast enough for some people, but we know that this work, especially when you're in it, it takes time. If you could, and I know you may have countless stories, and I know that the the, the thing here is that you you the privacy issue of students. So I, I want you to just you know if you could share anecdotally um, a story of um, a student who inspired you in a very deep way, and um, if you could just tell us a little bit about that. Wow, I have to say that's really hard because so many of these kids have impacted who Mm -hmm. I am today and Mm -hmm. have really made me look at the world differently. You know, am I so proud of some of the girls who are, you know, went off to girls and guys. I'm just thinking of one student that I I was so happy to see that she's heading off to, um, to a great school. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, there's so many kids who've just done more than I could ever. I'm sorry. I'm, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I think that question for someone who has worked in the in the school district for 25 years, that question actually is probably like a, a, a you're thinking to yourself, how can I choose? Yeah. Because there are so many names, and like I said, I actually was able to look at your social media and I saw you had so many students, former students weighing in and it was obvious just how much you mean to them. And so I could only assume that they mean as much to you and whatever stories and experiences that you guys have had, you take that with you and Mm -hmm. it becomes a part of you. I think, you know, in terms of your 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 next steps ahead. Do you envision yourself yourself still working with 
the school in a way that you're able to maybe support the next generation of educators? Do you will you find a place where you can share your knowledge and share your expertise? Because you have a lot to offer. <laughs> I yes, I'm I as I said, I absolutely love my job. I didn't love getting up at five AM every morning, <laughs> but I did love my job. And I love being around young people. I think mm-hmm. it keeps you new, young. It keeps you fresh. Yeah. I mean, I hope to find something part-time. That's my dream is if I could find something either working with young people or working with um, school personnel. Actually, I really like working with young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't want to say I don't like working with adults, but that's really where my passion is. So I'm hoping I'm going to keep my, my eyes open and, okay. and see what I can find. But that's I'm not ready to give it up yet. I hear you. Well, obviously, I mean, I'm just as I'm listening to you, I'm like, she has so much to offer. And I mean, it's not every day that, um, you know, individuals who have such an arsenal of knowledge and expertise and wisdom. It's not every day that we get to hear from them. Right. And so there are so many um, up and coming educators who are looking to make a difference, who are looking to make an impact, right, on the lives of their students. And they're wondering, how can I do it? And if I could just sum up what you have just shared today, it's about one, showing up, Mm -hmm. as um, Shirley Edgerton mentioned, being consistent, and being authentic. And I could only, I could, I, I could probably tell that students can sniff out inauthenticity, right? Like if they know that you are not truly for them, they probably won't open up. Mm-hmm. So you had to bring your real and whole self to work every day. And they saw that. Mm-hmm. No, I hope so. Yeah. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I think you did That's... more than try. You did it. <laughs> Thank you. You did Thank it. Thank you. You did it. It was honestly, it was. It was a job, but it was a wonderful, wonderful job. One of the things that um, yeah, I know you're, you're so humble, but you were honored in 2019, weren't you? You were honored with the Unsung Heroine Award. And I believe you were nominated by Representative Trisha Farley Bouvier, right? Mm-hmm. And she, um, this was through the Massachusetts um, Commission on the Status of Women. Mm-hmm. And so you were honored for that work. How did that make you feel when you got that award? It was humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, if you love what you do, you don't. It, it, I don't want to say I'm not worthy. It was. It was quite a compliment. It was. I was flattered. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 was pretty. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, it was pretty amazing to be recognized because yeah. you just do what you do every right. day, right? And you love what you do, and um, to have someone else see that is is powerful. All right. Well. So. Following up on that, just thinking about that power, how have your students inspired you? They absolutely have inspired me. When I see um, their determination Mm -hmm. and perseverance Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, really how fortunate I am that they they were in my life. Yeah. And the the most amazing thing is from working at Morningside to all of a sudden now, twenty five years later, some of my Morningside kids are parents of that's a sight to some see. of my high school students. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's amazing. The whole generation thing. Right. Or to be in the grocery store and see one of my moms, you know, one of the parents mm-hmm. that I worked with. And I mean, I like that I feel 
I feel like a lot of the families and, and adults I've developed, they trust me, and I think they know I am who I am, and I'm going to be as upfront as I possibly can be with them. And sometimes if they were having conflicts with their students, and they'd call me and say, come over to my house and sit with us. Right. And I thought, that's the greatest form of flattery, that they would respect me enough to want me to come to their home and try to work out, you know, oh, we all have issues with our kids. Right. And, you know, sometimes we don't listen. And that's what I always say to the kids. You know, you're not listening to what that person's saying. You're thinking as soon as their mouth stops moving, this is what I'm going to say. So it's just kind of teaching them listening skills. And um, I don't know, like those are the things when I talk mm-hmm. about that, that meant so much in my career. Or I'd go to a home and a mother who barely had anything in her kitchen, made me lunch, you know, Mm. because she knew I was coming over. It's like, Mm -hmm. those are the things. Or sitting with a mom who lost her child because, you know, they were killed in the community. I mean, those are the things that I was trusted and allowed into people's lives. Like, I'm, I'm truly blessed. And I know it sounds corny, but I really think I've been so blessed in the work that I've done and the people I've met. Well, it seems to me that you're not done. That's I hope not. I don't think I you're done. Not. Well, you know, what does the next chapter look like for Marie Richardson? I don't know. I don't I don't know because every when I started at Morningside I thought this is the best job anyone's ever had. Okay. Then I went on to the high schools and I thought this is the best job. And I remember when I left Pittsfield High and Jake Everwine was the supervi- superintendent then and he said Read due to funding, we can't keep you here. You need to go to Taconic. And I'm thinking, I'll never like Taconic. Like, I like Pittsfield High. And then I love that. So every single thing I've done, it's almost been better than the next, you know? So in other words, the best is yet to come. That's perfectly well said, yes. All right. Well, Marie, thank you for joining us today. I have truly enjoyed this conversation. I've learned so much. And you have inspired me because you reinforce the idea that it really is about showing up and being who you are if you really want to make a difference. So thank you so much. And I'm sure our listeners enjoy hearing all the wisdom that you had to offer today. Um, I hope it inspires them to be the best that they can be as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. Whoa, like what exactly is happening here? 8917-WTBR-FM Pittsfield. Hi, it's Jen Glockner. I'm the director of the Office of Cultural Development for the wonderful city of Pittsfield, and I also host the Cultural Pittsfield Radio Show on WTBR. It airs every Friday at 8.30 in the morning. Stay tuned to learn all about the arts and culture scene for the city of Pittsfield and beyond. We hope you listen in every Friday at 8.30 on 89.7 FM WTBR. Bring us with you wherever you go. WTBRFM.com Is your little one safe inside your vehicle? Is the child seat installed properly? Is it the correct seat for your child? Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madeline with the Pittsfield Police Department reminding you to please keep your children safe. Follow the safety seat manufacturer's recommendations for height and weight and check NHTSA's website or our Facebook page for recommendations. If you have a question or would like your seat installation checked, please contact our department at 413 413- 448-9700, extension 575. Our officers are certified safety seat installers. Thank you. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Look at him, he's heading for that small moon. That's no moon. It's a station. I think you're right. 
Uh, good afternoon. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on 89.7 WTBR with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsfield. Thanks for tuning in. So this morning we started our conversation off with Marie Richardson, and now I'd like to welcome Levante Wiggins, Interim Dean of Students for PHS. I should also mention that uh, Dean Wiggins plays in the semi-pro football league, Southern Vermont Storm. So he is a very busy man. So thank you, Levante, for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. So I'm going to set the stage a little bit. So you attend at St. Joe's and then after graduation you did a postgrad year at Berkshire School. You then went on to attend college um, at Endicott and then you, where you played football and you earned your degree in athletic science. Then you earned your master's degree in athletic administration from Castleton. Right? Correct. And hometown is Springfield, but you grew up in Pittsfield. Correct. All right. So do you consider yourself a Pittsfield young man or a Springfield young man or both? <laughs> Um, I would say both, both. Okay. All right. All right. So good. So we have the stage. Everyone knows who you are. They know your credentials. They know um, your activities that in in your spare time, you're also on the field. So you're very, very busy. But I want to go right now to something that obviously is a point of pride for you. And that's your appointment as interim dean of students. And I believe that occurred this past April. And when you announced that, you heard from so many folks who are offering well wishes and congratulations. And I just want to read a comment that um, one of your former teachers, Sarah Langman Summer, um, posted on your page, your Facebook page. And she said, in part, when a former student becomes a dean of students at your old high school, seriously brought tears to my eyes. So proud of you, Levante Wiggins. And I'm so glad I was a small part of your story. Cannot wait to hear how many lives you have an impact on in this new role. You can use all you've been through to really make a difference. This is certainly a full circle moment. And so as someone who grew up in Pittsville, how does it feel to be in this leadership role? Um, Honestly, it feels uh, amazing. Um, I feel like a better word would be like inspirational, inspiring. Um, It's just a great, you know, opportunity for for in the role for me to be in, Um, not only to continue being around uh, the students that are at PHS, but just continuously finding different ways to get involved in a community and interacting with a bunch of students in the community to help make a difference uh, in their lives. All right. I'm, I'm hearing words like inspiration and making a difference. And I think that's a perfect segue for my next question, because one of the things is that we know that there are situations in life that shape us all, right? And oftentimes it's the most challenging and difficult situations that take our growth to the next level. You've reflected publicly and shared your thoughts about your past. Do you care to share um, how those challenges have impacted you? Um, yeah. Um, so I've been through uh, what a lot of people would say more than what most people go through uh, in their entire life. Um, and a lot of that happened when I was uh, young. Um, so just, you know, finding ways to, to get through those type of adversities, um, honestly, like strengthen my character and help me become um, like the person I am, um, the leader that I strive to be, um, and just continuously like putting myself in situations to where I can not only better myself, but find different um, ways to better those who I surround myself around. Um, and that definitely has you know put me mm-hmm. in, in the position that I'm, that I'm in currently. 
um, sometimes along that journey, there are individuals or things that inspire us to help us along. Do you have any individuals that you'd like to mention that you have found um, to uh, inspiring in your life? Um, most definitely. Um, right now, I would say a, a big inspiration um, or one of my first of many inspirations was uh, Dan Joslin, um, who now is working over at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, he was well, he is a very, very uh, close friend of mine. And um, I don't want to get into much of what he had to like go through and mm-hmm. get through and like just all those different things that he had to overcome and how he is now viewing, um, you know, his job and the different things that he's doing to, to bring awareness and positivity to everybody in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest uh, inspiration would be my younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who uh, I do it for. Um, and that's who I wake up every morning and, and, and go as hard as I can for because I want to make sure that I'm in a position to make sure that he will never be or have to endure any of the things that I did when I was his age. Right. So I'm going to be able to um, provide the life that I didn't have when he was young because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're at that age, everybody needs some type of positive role model to help guide them and get them through mm-hmm. adversity, like I said earlier. So I'm trying to be that guy, um, that man for him. Huh. That's that's very profound. And, and just thinking about the fact that you have your younger brother as your source of inspiration, um, when you think about like just life on a daily basis, does that like literally on a on a basic level like inform the choices you make and um, where you go, what you say, who you hang around? When you think about all of those choices, you think about your brother. Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Wow, I know that you obviously. I'm seeing a connection between one your 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 personal journey and community activism because i think in addition to your work as interim dean community activism is something that is very important to you um when did you um really know that you wanted to become really active in in this work um i would say when i was younger i was uh and and this is one of the things that that will always stay with me i was actually walking to a basketball game um, that I had at the Boys and Girls Club. I was in the fourth grade at the time. And I remember crossing the street to get to the Boys and Girls Club. And I had a um, person that was driving and beeped at me and ended up calling me uh, some type of racial remark. And um, at that point in time, I knew like what racism was because it was you know told to me. Um, but at the same time, I had never actually been like referred to as that type of mm-hmm. person that that I was referred to as mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so since then, um, I've always wanted to like find out more and like try to come to the realization of like what it is that makes people say those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got older, I just you know it was m- more um, visible, mm-hmm. like. I noticed a lot more um, things, and a lot of it was, like, involuntarily. It, it just so happened, um, and, and sometimes it wasn't even purposeful. It would just be small remarks that people would make that they might not mm-hmm. think would affect anybody, but I was always affected by it. Mm. Um, 
There's actually a term for that, microaggressions. Microaggression, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's um it's 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 one of those things where as a kid, I can't imagine having to process that because there's, there's a difference if you're an adult you already have sort of um, a reservoir of knowledge to bounce things off on. But when you're a kid, you really don't understand why you're being called a name. You don't understand why you're being excluded. You don't understand why someone would simply just not like you for you. And so that's that's hard to process as a kid. So it's a it, it, I, I'm glad to hear that you were able to, to take the hurt and also create this... Um, this, this path where you're able to actually enlighten others, you seem to really be informed about um, about history and things of that nature. Are there certain books that that you read um, to stay informed and stay um, abreast of of current issues, as well as um, the history? Um, I actually did just purchase. It was uh, four different books that were recommended to me um, that I have not yet started reading, mm-hmm. and. Honestly, I wish I knew uh, the names of them. That's okay, because what you can do is share them later, and then um, I'll find a way to get those books out. We can Sounds still good. we can still share them with the Most audience. Definitely. Absolutely. But I, I think that I asked that because, again, I was looking at just the way that you interact with some folks on your um, on your through your social media, mm-hmm. and you always provide a historical reference to um, to the issues that are happening today. So you try to um, explain that it's not just happening in a vacuum. It's happening because of right. something else. Right. And so that actually, um, that I, I'm, I'm not surprised then because looking back to last summer, you took all of the, the knowledge that you have and said, okay, we're actually going to put together um, a march for justice in Pittsville. And you, as well as two other organizers, Alex Leonard and Warren Dews III, I, I happen to know the the, the latter um, in a way, um, you guys um, uh, put together this uh, march for justice and it, it was well attended by a good cross-section of people in our community. And at the time, we know it was a very charged moment for our country, protests and rallies were happening across the nation. I guess the basic question is, with all that you know and everything, why did you want to have it here? Um, first of all, shout out to uh, both Alex and uh, Dudes. Um, doing that and working with them uh, for that was honestly one of, like, I would consider one of my greatest accomplishments. Um, and we had a great time planning it and then actually putting it in a place to, to make it um, something big. But I wanted to... Um, bring that to Pittsfield because um, I had first noticed um, on social media a lot of people who I would have considered, you know, some of my close um, friends. Um, And obviously everybody has different opinions on certain situations that have to regard anything, especially when it comes to race Um, and the different ways that some people are treated because of whatever reason. Um, But what I do know is that a lot of those people who are responding to, let's say, the George Floyd situation wouldn't have responded that way if it was me in that situation Mm. because they know me. Mm. Um, 
And honestly, my eyes were already open, but it opened my eyes even more because these were people that I never thought would view things like that just because of the simple fact that I was one of their like closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in general, we have a lot of uh, kids in Pittsfield who have spoken to me about some of the things that they have experienced and um, relate to some of the things that I have gone through. And I just felt like, um, you know, bringing that to Pittsfield, not because we experience it as much as other places do, but because it does happen here. And it's something that needs to be addressed and hopefully something that at some point in time we can all come together collectively and, and, and fix what it is that needs to be fixed and changed. Right. Um, when you talk about um, fixing the system, are, are there certain areas that you are especially focused on? Um, right now, I would say, um, and it's not even my biggest um, focus, mm-hmm. I would say this is like a school wide of focus is mm-hmm. just getting a more diverse um, staff in other uh, schools. Um, I feel like having, you know, a, a group of staff that all students um, feel comfortable and can relate to and want to be around around them is just setting up every school, mm-hmm. um, not only culture-wise, but behavioral-wise. Mm-hmm. Um academically right um just everything so right now i know that it's that is a big thing and and it's been you know brought to everybody's attention and everybody is focusing on that which i think honestly is like really amazing Mm -hmm. um because that's us showing that as a school district we want to take you know that step and make sure that all of our students are being provided the same opportunity wow i had more questions to ask about like the community activism, but I almost want to do a quick pivot (laughs) to schools and then I'm going to come back to community activism because I feel like this is a really good place. Um, Being that you're in the schools now, how do you, what do you think your presence, you being there will mean for the students who see you every day? Um, I feel like my presence allows students to just know that they can be themselves at any point of time. Um, and that if they didn't already have somebody they felt comfortable talking to, now they do. Um, and if they needed an additional person to feel comfortable talking to, they have that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things that I noticed I needed when I was a student was to have um, not that one person, but if that person that I needed wasn't there at the time, who else could I go to? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like just, you know, my presence in itself um, I try to, you know, bring the energy, bring the excitement, find different ways to help kids cope with whatever type of situation they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like just because I've been through a lot myself, I can, you know, relate to all of our students, not just the students of color, but right. the students who have problems in their home, the students who aren't um, reaching some of the goals that they have already set for themselves and, and how or what they can do to fix that, to better themselves and whatever uh, else is around mm-hmm. them. Do you consider yourself a role model? I would definitely say um, I'm a role model. Okay. Okay. All right. And that's a powerful, I think that's a, it's a powerful position because as a role model, you are definitely um, in, um, put in place to, you, you're in that, you're in that um, space to affect so many lives. And so it's a great thing that you have, um, you welcome that title because some people don't. Some people don't welcome the title for role model because they will say, I, I want to be an individual. But I think 
you obviously know that everything that you've been through, you want to use that for good. So um, I think that the, the students um, are in for um, a great year, obviously, and they're going to have someone that they can turn to and look to. And like you said, not just students of color, but all kinds of students, right? Students from so many different backgrounds, which right. I think is important um, because students who aren't of color also need to see um, educators and and staff who um, are people of color because I think that represents a global society exactly. and that's the world that we live in. So right. I think that's that's a great thing. But if we can go back again to the community activism, I wanted to touch on something because we know that in Pittsfield, um, our, our situation is a little bit different than what we're seeing um, nationwide, and you know, I know that when you were planning the the, the march, you act you and the other organizers were in um, communication with Police Chief um, Wynn, and you guys even had he he was a part of the walk, like he he walked in solidarity. Mm-hmm. What did that mean to you, and what did that tell you about the nature of community relations with law enforcement in our in our city? Um. Honestly, it, it meant more than I can I can even explain, um, and that's just because of the simple fact that they showed that you know they understand what is going on, and they showed that they were willing to do anything and everything to show that what we see from other police officers doesn't mean that that's exactly what's going on over here. Um, so just the fact that you know they were willing to talk to us, and the fact that they were willing um, to walk with us showed that. They do understand change needs to be made. Um, they accept that, and they're willing to mm-hmm. to do whatever they have to, to to fix any type of problems that need to be fixed or address anything that needs to be addressed. Right, right. And what would you say in terms of just some of the things, the the concerns or the things that need to be fixed? Um, are there are there specific areas or general areas that um, that you would want? people to know about in the community that's on the hearts and minds of, of folks in the community who are talking about it but may not have a platform that is a great question um there's a lot mm-hmm. that i feel um needs to be addressed and needs to be fixed um for instance uh just finding you know different ways to get our um students of of color or, or our minority students um, the percentage rate of them going to college from from high school, um, I feel like that's that's a big thing in itself. Um, and even if they don't go to college, um, setting them up to where they're doing some mm-hmm. type of you know electrical or engine or, or anything across those lines, that's once again just putting them in a position to be um, on some type of mm-hmm. successful um, mm-hmm. level once they graduate from school. Um, because I do see, and it's not even just the athletic students, it's all students right. who, who need, you know, that additional support because they might not have it um, at home mm-hmm. to, to help guide, get them, to help guide them to that next step that, that takes to get to college or whatever it is that they want to do after they're done with high school. Um, right. Yeah. So it, almost, it would almost seem as if that... Um, if, if trying to identify the gap here, the gap is that we we have students from all backgrounds, like mm-hmm. you said, um, students of color and students who are not of color, but students who might just be in situations that um, um, uh, may not be the most advantageous. It they need support. Right. They need support. So, 
in terms of just any of the community-based initiatives that are happening right now, are you a part of any other initiatives that you want to talk about or um, are there other things that you want people to know about that they can support to help young people? Um, right now, there is a bunch of like, you know, small, I don't want to say small because it, it can be big to a lot of people, but like um, going back to school um, type of like charities to, that's, that's given out um, backpacks and, and um, school necessities that some kids, you know, mm-hmm. are not fortunate enough to, mm-hmm. to have. Um, so that when they are put in that that space, um, that environment, that environment around their other peers, they don't feel left out. Um, I I think um, if I could just dig a little bit deeper too, because sometimes people will have the conversations, but I think again, maybe not always having a platform to share it. And this is a great time to be able to share broadly mm-hmm. and widely with an audience that that's listening. Right. What in in the circles that you may be around, and in no way are you like the only representative of everyone in Pittsburgh. I don't mm-hmm. want to give that that um, <laughs> you know that belief. I put that belief out there, but you might be tapped into networks and circles and groups that um, are having these conversations. What are some things that people um, may not be aware of that should be known in terms of um, um, uh, strengthening? relationships in our community creating a stronger community sometimes we have an us versus them mentality how what are what are things that people should be aware of so that we can be a stronger community together i would say that people should definitely be aware of um that at least from like the educators um perspective is that we are you know taking the initiative to make all of our students uh comfortable um Equity is a big thing that we are talking about, not only at the high school level, but at all um, all of the schools, middle school, elementary school. Um, we, you know, we do understand that equity um, is, a, is a big, big thing, and we are all doing everything that we can to try to better every single one of our students and the parents that mm-hmm. um, are sending their students to us that because they trust us and want right. us to help not only educate their kids, but make their kids feel safe and as as comfortable as they can. Right. Well, that's actually a good good connection to my next question because, (laughs) you know, we're entering a new school year and I know everyone always puts out a plan and we have our own individual plans of what we want our year to look like. So when you think about this school year, what are some of the things that you have maybe jotted down to say, well, this is what, you know, I want to make sure that X, Y, and Z happens or I want to maximize my contributions in this area. Um, are there certain things that are on the top of your agenda to see this year? Yeah, um, I actually had a conversation with uh, Henry Duvall, Maggie, and um, Ali Shepard. Um, I want to do some type of like open mic um, for the community, mm-hmm. and not even just for the students, just so we can hear um, what everybody has to say, whether it's some type of like poetic um, thing or just, you know, speaking on something that you've experienced mm-hmm. or or anything that that you want to talk about and just open it like to the community so it's everybody coming together for some type of um like positive outbringing to help not only bring awareness to what it is that needs to be mm-hmm. talked about but just finding different ways for everybody to get along and right. come to 
I don't want to say understanding because even then we might not all have the same um, opinions, but just listening to each other and, and hearing what everybody has to say. Now, is would this be just for students and would it be like in a, um, like a, a talk, like a conversation session? Like how do you envision the format? Um, I have not yet uh, figured that out, mm-hmm. um, but I would definitely like it to be um, maybe start off with, with just students from all schools and then hopefully expand it to um, staff and uh, just people in the community overall. So okay. every because everybody's voice matters. Um, so just being able to hear what any and everybody has to say, I feel like is hmm. a good thing. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. I think um, people, one of the greatest needs that people have is to be seen and to be heard. And anytime we can have a platform for folks to um, be able to share their thoughts, especially young people, mm-hmm. especially so that they know that um, they're being listened to right. and their thoughts um, are being take are being taken into consideration in a very real way. Um, I want to pivot a little bit because you do play football, right. and we, you know, um, as the mom of of two kids who play football <laughs> right now, yep. um, one on the college level and one on the high school level, mm-hmm. I know that the lessons um, on of being a part of a team. Um, can also carry over into their student life. So tell me a little bit of the connection between you playing semi-pro football and you as an educator, and do you see any kind of bridge between both worlds? I, I do, actually. Um, there's a lot of bridges. Uh, so I played <laughs> on uh, the Southern Vermont Storm, and um you know, I found myself surrounded by so many great individuals who are from Vermont, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I'll be honest about when speaking about Vermont prior to, you know, being on that team and surrounding myself by those people, I didn't perceive or, or get or know what I was getting myself involved in. Right. Um, so just being able to be around a bunch of, you know, great individuals um, and, and finding out, you know, what what they like to do and being able to share Mm -hmm. um, some of the same experiences that we've all gone through. It's just eye-opening because, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, we're two totally completely different people. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to just follow up on that because, yeah, I mean, Vermont. Mm -hmm. It's Vermont. Yeah. Right. So, you know, obviously you there might be some thoughts of like, okay, what will this be like? And But once you got on the team, you realize that while we may have our differences, we also have shared similarities. Exactly. There's shared, and I think that's, that's a lesson for a lot of people to realize that while we might be different, we're also alike in many ways. Right. So there is something for everyone to learn that you can't judge a book by its cover, exactly. literally. And that yeah. relates perfectly with with school Mm -hmm. um even with admin you know sometimes we might come to some type of like disagreement and even though that disagreement might go completely opposite directions at the end of the day you know we're all doing or trying to do what's best for the students so how can we um speak and and work with each other Mm -hmm. to to find what it is that we're the goal that we're trying to reach to come together and reach that goal well said. Right. Well said. Lastly, when students think of Dean Wiggins, what should come to mind? And do they call you Dean Wiggins? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Mr. Wiggins. Uh, Mr. Wiggins, okay, all right. <laughs> hmm. Positivity, uh, excitement, and hard work um, are the three things that I, I would definitely say or think of from the top of my head. Okay. Because um, from my position, a lot of people see, you know, Dean as being that guy who you go see or that girl who you go see when you're in trouble um and you're the mean guy or girl or a person um and you're handling all of the bad things um and it's it's not like that um and the way i i fit my position is i make it so that if you find yourself in a situation to where you might get in trouble what can i do to prevent that situation from getting worse right or how can i what can i do to make sure that situation doesn't occur again and that's another thing that we're trying um, to to work on in the school, um, to build that that relationships between um, our our students and and staff and uh-huh. yeah. Well, I I think that like you said, it's it's the it's about the prevention, right? Right. And so it's not just about punitive and mm-hmm. making sure that. Um, our young people know that um, people care about them, right. and if people know if they know that people care about them, and they know that it's not just about you know um, those consequences, but how can we help you not get into that place? Then they're confident and they 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 feel empowered, right. and so I get the sense that you want them to be empowered for this school exactly. year. Exactly. All right. Well, Levante, I want to thank you for this conversation. Um, I think that the students are in good hands. And so I just thank you so much. And uh, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the City of Pittsville. Thanks, everyone, for listening in and have a great day.